Are you glad you're saved this morning? Amen. Amen. The book of Psalms in chapter 11. Psalms is a great book, an encouraging book, strengthening book. And, and uh, this morning, I'd like to preach to you from the book of Psalms in verse number, chapter number 11. And we'll read that. But I want to just take a moment here. Praise the Lord for all that he's done. Praise the Lord for everything that he's done in my life and the blessings he's given me. And, and uh, there's no way you can out-give God. Amen. You can't do it. You cannot do it. Mm. Psalms 11 you looked in your bulletin this morning, you would see the title of the message is The Foundation Destroyed. <clears throat> this morning, this book, this specific chapter comes to us after David is, uh, this is taking place after David was playing the harp, harp to soothe Saul's harp, the troubled king, and he was playing the harp to soothe the king. And uh, trying to do his best, as a young man would, for the king of Israel, playing the beautiful harp, trying to bring the, the, uh, the tension down, trying to help King Saul. And the Bible says, not in this text, but the Bible tells us that during this time period that Saul wanted to kill David. That Saul was raising against David to kill him. And this scripture text is written after that took place. After the king of Israel wanted to, wanted to kill the little young man who was playing the harp for him. Wanted to, to get rid of somebody who wanted to help the king of Israel. And this scripture, I want it to help us this morning... When the foundation is destroyed, what can the righteous do? So let's stand, if you will, read with me out of respect for the Bible. And we'll read in verse number 1. If you can stand, I understand. If you cannot, I do understand that. In Psalms 11, in verse number 1, In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul? Flee as a bird to your mountain. For lo, the wicked bend their bow, their bow, their bow, they make ready their arrow upon the string that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in the holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the, 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 the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked in him that loveth violence his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares fire and brimstone and a horrible tempest this shall be the portion of their comfort for the Lord for the righteous Lord loveth righteousness his countenance doth behold the upright so here is David sitting here he's been attacked by the king the king wants to kill him his friends tell him to leave his friends tell him to, to run away but David waited until God gave him the okay to run away. Knowing the story in that text that, that in, in, uh, when it gives us that story 
that David, his friends wanted him to run away. But David didn't run until God told him to run. And I'm going to speak to you this morning. The foundation destroyed. Thank you so much for standing. You now may be seated. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. It's a blessing to see you here this morning. It's a blessing to see our visitors. It's a blessing to see returning visitors here this morning. But I want to give you this thought this morning. Charles Spurgeon said that this psalm is the psalm of the steadfast. David said, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? I, I, I tend to believe that David had to have been really discouraged at this point in his life. You say, why do you say that? Because he was standing before the king in whom he loved. He was serving the king in whom he desired and looked at. To, hey, this guy's pretty awesome. And the king, who was the king of Israel, tried to get rid of him, tried to kill him. The Bible says in verse number 2 that the bows of arrows were raised against him. The enemy was after him. And he had no idea that all this was taking place. But listen, this is why he says the question, am I to flee to the mountain? What can the righteous do if the foundation is broken? What can the righteous do when everything that he thought was true, when everything that he thought was sure, was taken away from him, what did he say? Is this foundation bad? What can the righteous do? And David gives us some thoughts here this morning. So, number one in this text I want to give you is the danger that you and I face, the danger that he faced. The danger he faced, the Bible says in verse number one, In the Lord put I my trust. You know what? When he came to a danger in his life, when he came to something that was against him, who did he put his trust in? A lot of times as Christians, when we face a danger, when we face something in front of us, we don't automatically put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? This enemy, the Bible says in verse number 2, the enemy had his bow in hand. The arrow was on the string. The bow was drawn back. I'm not a, I'm not a bow hunter, but I understand, the, I understand when you go bow hunting, you get the bow out, you get the arrow out, and you pull the string back, and you get the bow ready, and, and, it's on, and your arrow's on the string, it's ready to shoot. What happens when you let go of that that string, what happens when you let go of it? That arrow hits the target that you're aiming at. Listen, Saul had his bow pulled back. He had the string pulled. He had the arrow pulled. And it was pointed right at David. That was the enemy he faced. That was the danger he faced. But let me tell you something Well, do you not see right now that the enemy has the bow up, he has the arrow pulled, he has the string pulled back, and he's aiming it right at you? We serve a great God, but let me tell you something, there's a devil who wants to seek, who wants to kill, and he wants to destroy, and that's what Satan wants to do, and he has it ready pointed right at you. The danger we face today is ever true. The danger we face today is right now, he wants to destroy your life. That's the danger we face. We see now the enemy here, the same enemy. We don't call him Saul. We call him Satan. You know, the perceived danger in David's life was Saul. 
You know, if we look at it right, the perceived danger we see is the devil. Is the devil your friend? Does the devil want to be nice to you? You know, the Bible does, God's, God, God wants the best for you. The devil wants to hurt you. If he can get you sidetracked and, uh, and got your eyes off of him, hey, he's done his work. But really, guys, the danger is, the true danger might be the devil. But ultimately, the greatest danger you and I face as a Christian is failing to trust God when facing the danger. The true danger, the true danger, sure it's Satan, but not trusting God when Satan is in front of you. David had to stand still. David, sure, I would have ran away. I wouldn't have stood there and, and been attacked by the king. I, I wouldn't have wanted to stay, but David stood still. And the Bible says in verse number one, he trusted in God when we face dangers, when we face the enemy. Let us face the enemy trusting Almighty God. As David did, he trusted in God. When his friend said, ah, get out of here. Everybody in this room, you face something difficult. You face the enemy. May it be said of us that we trusted God in the face of our trouble. You say, sure, it's easy for you to say, you're not going through that. I may not be going through it, but I know this Bible is true. And David was faced with death. The king of Israel wanted him dead. And he said, in God, in whom I've put my trust. Let it not be said of us that we did not trust God in our trouble. Let it not be said of us that we did not trust God when the enemy was facing us. The things we face is not the downfall. It is when we do not trust God in the midst of what we face. Number one, I see from this text, is the dangers we face. Not only is the danger that we face, but number, number two is the deliverance we have. Look in verse number three. Bible says, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold the eyelids and the, and the children of men. Let me ask you something. When the foundation's been destroyed and you feel like you're at rock's bottom or you feel at bottom, uh, bottom of the bottom of the bottom of the bottom, where can you go from there? Hmm. For example, think of people that are homes that are broken where the devil has got in and destroyed things. Many men and women will say, my life is ruined when you've been given, you, when you've been given things you, you thought you'd never do. How oh, my life is ruined. But let me tell you something. Your life is never ruined if Jesus is Christ. Your life is never ruined. Hey, my life is ruined and then we still have a Savior. My life is ruined. We still have a future. My life is ruined. We still have forgiveness. My life is ruined. But we still have God. 
David stood in the face of danger. David stood there and said, listen, you may think my foundation is destroyed and things are beginning to fall around me and the king wants to hurt me and the king is against me, but the foundation is not the king. The foundation is not what's going on. My foundation is built on Jesus Christ and you will never be able to conquer that. My foundation is not found in things. My foundation is Jesus Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 11. For other foundations can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He is that foundation. When you feel you're at the bottom, bottom is about to fall out. Your foundation then needs to be Jesus Christ. Because he's a solid foundation. Bible, uh, there's a song that, that says, How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord. Guess who that foundation is? Jesus. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. I'm standing on solid ground. Listen, David was able to stay. Your foundation may be shaken. You may have experienced a tragedy. You may have experienced some tough time in your life. But your foundation needs to be found in Jesus Christ. Because the foundations will fall. And things will break. And the Bible says a, a man, a born of woman, is, uh, is full of trouble. And uh, all of his days are full of trouble. Listen, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have things that mess up. You're going to have things that don't go perfectly. Listen, but your foundation doesn't need to be found in those things. Your foundation needs to be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Because all else will fail. Turn with me to Revelation chapter number 3. I want to read to you a scripture text. Uh, Revelation chapter 4, I'm sorry. <coughs> we live in the church age. In, in Revelation chapter number 3, he talks to us about the churches. The different churches. He wrote letters to different churches. Do we not live in the church age today? Most believe that we live in the Laodicean age, which is the last church age. Let me read you something, though, here in Revelation chapter number 4. We live in the church age. In verse number 1, the Bible says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was, it, uh, as it were, a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Everything that's taking place is happening after the church age. Are you ready? You ready what happens after the church age in verse number 2? And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on it, and sat on the throne. Guess who? That one was sitting on the throne. Listen, you may think that things are breaking loose. You may think that things are out of control. But guess who's sitting on the throne? Guess who's still sitting there? Hey, in, in Psalms chapter number 11, the Bible says that David says, David says God is sitting on the throne. And in Revelation chapter number 4, when the church age is over and we're gone out of here, guess who's still sitting on the throne? He never left. He never had. That is my firm foundation in Jesus Christ. He hadn't left the throne. He's still on the throne. Where's your foundation found at this morning? It's found on the throne. 
Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ is not your firm foundation this morning, get him there. We see the foundation. We see, number one, we see the dangers we face. We see the foundation. We see the, the deliverance. But I want you to think about this as you go about the Bible. And we can talk about many different things. But I think of the maniac of Gadara. When the maniac Gadara was as low as he could go, and he was filled with the demons, and then... All of a sudden, he was cutting himself in the cemetery. He was doing things to his body he should have never been doing. And then came Jesus at his lowest point in his life, and he lifted him up off the, off the bottom and set him on a firm foundation. You think about the woman uh, who came to Jesus who had a blood issue, an issue of blood for many years, and she broke through the crowd and pressed through and touched the hem of his garment, and Jesus took her from the bottom and placed her on a solid foundation. You look down through the Scripture every time when someone was low God lifted them up and set them on the sperm foundation I think of Lazarus when he was dead some four days hey their foundation may look like it was broken their brother had died they didn't know what was going on hey what's going on and then came Jesus to the, to the tomb and lifted Lazarus right out of that grave when your foundation is shaken truly it is not shaken if your foundation is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. You will never find, as a Christian, you will never find deliverance outside of Jesus Christ. You want true deliverance from what it is? Jesus Christ is the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. See, we see from this scripture text in Psalms chapter 11, we see the danger that David faced and I believe we face. Then we also see the deliverance that we have. We have. God gives deliverance to me. I'm so unworthy of God's deliverance. I don't deserve what God has given But he still delivered me from sin. Let me tell you. Get Jesus Christ as your solid foundation. Let him be your deliverance this morning. Number three, and I'm done. We see the danger. We see the deliverance. But lastly, we see the design. The design that God has. Look in verse number five. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked, and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire, and brimstone, and a horrible tempest. Stop there for just a moment. Do you know what the wicked have in front of them? Destruction. The design that God has placed is the wicked will face their destruction. But do you know what the design that God has for us? Look at verse 7. For the righteous Lord loveth what? Righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. What about the righteous? God's design. Listen, God's design is not to hurt you. God's design is not to mar you. 
God's design is not to destroy you. God's design is to produce righteous living through you. You know, you don't, I don't understand why things break loose. I don't understand why I go through a difficulty. I don't understand why I go through things in my life. Nothing, uh, you say, well, God sets up and hey, he chooses this person to be mean to and this person to do that to. God's design ultimately is so that it will produce righteous living in us. Because God loves the righteous. God is righteous. He loves righteous living. He produces righteousness. God is still building. Old song, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the earth and Jupiter and Mars, but he's still working on them. You know, my uncle is an art teacher. He molds clay. And he, you know, knows how to run one of them turntables. I don't even know if that's what it's called, but one of them tables. Puts the clay down, begins to form the clay, and make it how he wants it. If it's a vase, he'll make a vase and different things like that. And watch, if you've ever watched a man at the potter's wheel, it is amazing to watch the, the clay open, shape. Listen, God's design. The Bible says that God is the potter. And you are the clay. And what is happening in your life is God's design for you. You know the song, uh, if it breaks off to pieces, if you've messed up, if you've, you've done something you shouldn't have done, God is able to pick those pieces back up and put them right back on. Listen, Christian, yield that clay. Let God mold you. Let God make you into the design that he wants. A lot of times tragedy will happen and things to that nature. David gets faced with murder. You can stand there and get mad at God and get upset with what God's doing in your life or allow God's hand to mold you and to make you the Christian you ought to be. They're the same sun that melts the butter is the same sun that hardens the clay. You can be butter and allow God to mold you. Or you can be the clay and get hard and bitter and upset things that have happened to me. You just don't understand. This is happening. This is happening. This is happening. God is molding you and making you. I don't understand. I, I don't know that I'll ever understand why God does what he does. But God is doing it and it's God's design for your life. And sometimes, I know, it's hard to accept God's design. The Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you on purpose the way that you are. There are no accidents. So the plea I have to you this morning is number one. If you're a Christian, you are clay. Let God mold you. But if you're sitting here this morning and you don't have a foundation, you get it this morning. 
godly love you.